Hello there and welcome to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Oluwashina Okaleji in France, today standing in for Solomon Ashoms, and by Stuart Weir in the UK. Well, this week we begin a look ahead to this month's African Nations Championship Finals in Rwanda. It'll be the biggest sports event ever held in the Central African country. So what can we expect from Rwanda? Obviously being a small country, understand that the infrastructure also, it's also small. We have an interview with South Africa national team defender Anele Nonga, who plays in France for bottom of the table Trois. And we catch up with how the African players are doing in the English Premier League. And we have the second part of our profile of Arsenal manager Arsene Wenger. Only two clubs in Europe have qualified for the Champions League 17 years running. But the counter-argument is that apart from reaching the final once, Arsenal have rarely made an impression on the Champions League. So that's all coming up on the show. Well, on the 16th of this month, the 2016 African Nations Championship Finals begin in Rwanda. This is the fourth edition of the tournament, which was introduced in 2009 as a version of the Africa Cup of Nations, but for home-based players only, with the aim of showcasing the talent of those who play in their own domestic leagues. It's certainly helping to give players a chance to move on because after the 2014 tournament, for example, seven members of the Zimbabwe squad got contracts outside the country, mostly in South Africa. This will be the biggest sports event ever held in Rwanda. The country hosted the 2009 African Under-20 Championship with eight teams participating and all of the games being played in the capital, Kigali. This time there are 16 teams in three cities, as well as Kigali, Giseni in the west and Butari in the south will be used. I spoke to Zimbabwe's team manager, Sharif Musa, when he came back from a trip to Rwanda where he assessed the facilities and he gave me an idea of what the teams can expect in Rwanda. Everyone's excited out there in Rwanda because the president himself was the main one who kick-started the whole thing. They're all excited. They have their full support behind it. Uh, obviously, being a small country, understand that the infrastructure also, it's also small. But I think... Uh, there may be certain teething problems or what I would call expectations from a lot of teams that are known in football that when they arrive there and when they may see their hotel or they may see their dining room or when they see their rooms and, or, or training facilities or changing room facilities, they may be in for a bit of a shocker because it's not to a standard that what we have seen in other places like South Africa in particular for the last Chan tournament. But these are psychological things where players and everybody have got to just uh, adjust accordingly since there's an objective before us. Uh, in terms of where we located, we about three-hour drive from the capital city, Kigali. It's a small town called Rubavu, and uh, work has been going on on the stadium uh, to try and get it ready, uh, the changing rooms and the facilities there. But the town itself, which is going to host these four teams, it's a small town. And uh, that is why I was saying that maybe these type of teams which are drawn to play in the small towns are going to be maybe in for a bit of a shocker as in terms of the other arrangements because even the accommodation, the hotels, all the other logistics, like I said, the training facilities, the changing rooms, all that, 
are all smaller, like how the town is smaller, everything else there is all small, basically. So we just got to make those adjustments. Obviously, the teams that are in the capital, they've got their major grounds and their stadiums. I'm sure that is well better in terms of where, where the other teams are based in the smaller towns. That's the Zimbabwe team manager Sharif Musa saying that the facilities in Rwanda for this month's African Nations Championship are not going to be of the highest standard in the two smaller towns being used outside the capital, Kigali. Well, Solomon's not around this week, so I'm joined by another African football expert, Oluwashina Okaleji. Now, it's a big competition, this one, Sheena, the African Nations Championship. So can Rwanda stage it successfully? Well, I think there will be question mark. A lot of people are not convinced that Rwanda can successfully host this tournament. Kigali is not a problem, but when you look at the other two cities, I think that's where um, a lot of people are not comfortable. When you listen to the Zimbabwean team manager there, you could hear his concerns about um, Butari as well as Gisein. These are the two places that African football fans will be wondering, what's going on there? Because all we know about um, Rwanda is about Kigali and all of that. But I think um, there's been so much um, talk from the organizers and the host country they've been saying they can pull off this one successfully they are confident that come um, kickoff time everybody will be talking about the tournament instead of talking about the concerns that has been raised you know this is africa where people are always going to question you but i think we should give rwanda a chance they've they've known for two years that they are going to be hosting this tournament they've tried to paint a picture of a successful um, organization in place already we've seen the facilities um their coach have actually come on twitter to show us the uh, the stadiums and of course to show us some parts of the hotels that they'll be using so i think steve a lot of people should give rwanda a chance to host a successful tournament can they do it successfully i think um, the question mark and the, all the questions that have been raised will be answered when the tournament kicks off and how much of a success would you say that the idea of this tournament the african nations championship for the home-based players has been so far well, I think it's been positive. I, I wasn't really convinced when CAF announced about um, this tournament in the, in, in his, from its inception. I think my major concern was the fact that um, it's disrespectful to the locally based players. But then again, you look at the challenges in Africa where you find out that um, some players don't always get a chance to play for their country when it comes to the major tournaments, when it comes to the African Nations Cup itself. Because some countries like Ghana, Nigeria, Ivory Coast, um, Cameroon, you would never see locally based players get a chance to come and play for them. But this tournament has given them a chance to shine at the major tournament. Look at Nigeria, for instance. In 2013, um, some of these players didn't really get a chance, apart from Sunday Mba, who, of course, scored the, goals that, uh, the goal that won Nigeria the African Cup of Nations final against Burkina Faso. Come the main tournament itself, the the, the chan itself in South Africa. AGK Uzoenyi, who was part of that tournament, only had a cameo appearance in South Africa. He returned to the same country, became the most valuable player at that tournament, and got a major deal to join Mamelodi Sundowns in the South African PSL. He got money that he would never get in Nigeria. Come, I mean, playing in Nigeria for a decade, he won't get it in a decade. But he's gonna get. He was getting that for a year by playing for Mamelodi Sundowns. He only got that chance because he's shown at the Chan tournament in South Africa. Um, Kunle Odunlami as well, one of the players from that tournament, end up traveling with Nigeria to the World Cup in Brazil. I think when you look at um, this tournament, it's given an opportunity for and a platform for some players to actually shine at a top level. The idea is good. 
I think CAF should be supported. They should get more sponsors and, of course, encourage um, countries to actually believe that there are players in the local scene that, that can actually thrive at the um, global stage. Well, the African Nations Championship certainly very popular here in Zimbabwe because the country's qualified for all four editions, but when it comes to the Africa Cup of Nations, Zimbabwe's only made it twice. Thanks very much to Oloashina Okaleji standing in for Solomon Ashams this week. And on Facebook and WhatsApp, do let us know if you are interested in the African Nations Championship. Will you be following the games? Do you find it exciting? And how would you compare it to the Africa Cup of Nations? Send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. We'll go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. Well, this is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. You can follow us on Twitter. The address is at Planet Sport FA. You can keep in touch with news about the programme and African football news. Our Twitter handle, at Planet Sport FA. And our website is planetsportfootballafrica.com. It's designed specifically for smartphones, and you can listen to each week's current show there. The website planetsportfootballafrica.com. Still to come, part two of our profile of Arsenal coach Arsene Wenger and our interview with South Africa national team defender Anele Nonga, who plays in France for bottom of the table Troyes. It's been a difficult season, it's true indeed. And uh, you know, it's, uh, since now we've also fired the coach and uh, it, was, uh, it was very emotional and sad to the players when the coach left. Right, well, let's now catch up with how the African players have been doing in the English Premier League over the past few weeks. Our European football expert, Stuart Weir, joins us on the line from the UK. Um, in fact, first, Stuart, you told us uh, just before Christmas that you were expecting to become a grandparent. Uh, congratulations, it happened. Absolutely. A young Toby was born just two days ago, uh, my first grandchild, and a really, really exciting phase of life, Steve. Well, that's wonderful. Congratulations uh, on that, Stuart. Um, Now, the Christmas and New Year period always thought to be very crucial as to where the English Premier League title is likely to go. Well, yes, and we enter uh, 2016 with Arsenal, top of the league. You know, Leicester have been the front runners for a few weeks with Vardy and Mares just scoring for fun. But they've hit a difficult period when their last three games they failed to score. So they slipped back a bit. But, you know, there was one game that I think could have incredible significance at the end of the season. That was Watford against Manchester City. Not much in the game. And with 10 minutes to go, Watford were leading. And suddenly, in the next two minutes... First Yaya Torre and then Sergio Aguero, who had really had quite quiet games. Each of them scored really good goals. Yaya Torre, a volley from a corner. And so Manchester City finished up winning a game they could easily have lost. And so that puts them three points behind Arsenal and very much in the running. Could also mention Manchester United's bad run came to an end when they beat Swansea. 2-1 2-1 at home with Rooney scoring a goal which puts him second on the all-time Premier League goal-scoring record. But, you know, Steve, that game almost finished in a very strange way because Swansea got a corner in the last minute and the goalkeeper Fabianski came up, got his head to the ball and put it about uh, a few inches wide of the post. It could have been the equalising goal from the goalkeeper. 
Absolutely. And uh, quite a few African players uh, to mention, Stuart, for either good reasons or bad reasons. Uh, Yeah. You know, we all know that Jose Mourinho has departed from Chelsea. Well, John Obi-Mikel played 90 minutes in each of Chelsea's last two games, and that's the first time he's done that this season. So uh, Mourinho's departure isn't bad news for everyone. The Moroccan Marlon Chamek got his first start of the year for Crystal Palace, but unfortunately got subbed at half-time, so he, he didn't play the 90 minutes. Now, in terms of goals, Stéphane Sessignon from Benin got his first of the season for West Brom as they beat Stoke. Yaya Torre scored not only against Watford, but also against Sunderland. Wilfred Bonney scored. Du Mercy Bocani for Norwich against Aston Villa. And, of course, the one that we've been following... Igualo at Watford got his 14th of the season, scoring both against Chelsea and Spurs in the Christmas period, and also Jordan IU scoring for Aston Villa, uh, the Ghanaian. But a couple of other players just to mention was that Victor Anchebi, the Nigerian, got his first start of the season for West Brom as they beat Newcastle and hit the bar. And the Gambian, Murubaro, that we've taken an interest in in this programme, got his first 90 minutes for Swansea this season, and in the game at Manchester United, it was his cross from which Seagerson scored Swansea's goal. Now, a couple of people having more difficult times I need to mention. We've talked so many times about our Algerian friend Riyad Mahrez scoring for Leicester. Well, he actually had a penalty saved uh, against Bournemouth when... He made it too obvious to the goalkeeper, Arthur Borek, where he was putting the ball, and that was a nil-nil draw for poor old Leicester. Now, Southampton lost at Norwich, and Victor Wanyama got a red card. It was actually two yellow cards. And afterwards, his manager, Ronald Kuhlman, was very unhappy and actually called him stupid on live television, saying... When you're already on a yellow card, you just cannot make a reckless tackle like that. And that he had really cost his team by his behaviour. And also Sadio Mane only came on as a late substitute in that game because he arrived late for a team meeting. And again, Kuleman was very open about that, saying he knows the rules. Being late for a meeting is disrespectful to your teammates and to the club. And he pays the penalty. Well, thanks very much, Stuart, and we'll see if Sadio Mane will move away from Southampton. Certainly that was an unfortunate incident, and there are other big clubs interested in his services. And a shame that Riyad Mahrez missed that penalty for Leicester, as far as their fans are concerned, anyway. We're now to Facebook and to WhatsApp, and in last week's show we heard from Clarice Simango, a woman referee here in Zimbabwe, and we asked you if there are many female referees in your country and whether you'd like to see more female officials being given a chance. Well, Robinio Soe contacted us on WhatsApp and says that here in the Gambia there are only a few female referees, but I think they should be given the chance. Let's have gender equality and make it 50-50. And Robinio adds, Happy New Year. Well, thanks for that and all the best to you for 2016, Robinio. Saidu Ba is also in the Gambia. He says we have a few renowned female referees. It'll be great if they're given the chance to serve as referees across Africa. Uh, Mariatu Jobate has been the first female referee in the Gambia recognised by FIFA. And with that move, she set a really good precedent for female referees in the Gambia. 
Aliou Jame, also in the Gambia, says, I don't see many in my country. I think Gambia have a great chance to produce more female whistleblowers、uh, with the help of our African number one male referee, Bakari Papa Gassama. I would urge the Gambia Football Federation's Referees Committee to give more aid to women. Aliou B. Conte also writes about the situation in the Gambia, saying we have more than 15 female referees. I'd like to see them win awards in the future. Desmond Tunde Koka writes about the situation in Sierra Leone. He says, Here we have only a few women who show interest for now. At first, we used to have plenty of female referees and like to see them doing their work effectively and efficiently with more chances for them in Africa. Alan MJ Campbell is also in Sierra Leone. He adds, There used to be very few female referees in our country before Ebola. Most people have a negative concept in officiating football as they see it as a male job. As a result, women are discouraged in taking football officiating as their career.、Uh, but Alan continues,、uh, I'd like to see more female Sierra Leoneans taking to football officiating both at local and international level. Alfred Lightfoot Taylor, also in Sierra Leone, says, I think we do have female officials, but I haven't seen them, and I can't judge their ability because I haven't watched them referee a match.、Uh, from Malawi, Alfred Mdimba says, Not even in the local leagues are women offered the chance. Maybe we need to learn from Zimbabwe. On to other issues and comments on the English Premier League. Osman Ba in the Gambia is a Chelsea fan. He says it was a good day for Chelsea after collecting three points, writing after the Blues 3 0 win at Crystal Palace last Sunday. But I want two players out, says Osman, Cesc Fabregas and Diego Costa. And I want Jose Mourinho back. I don't rate Gus Hiddink, especially after he played John O'B. Mikel. Well, Chelsea have now gone four games without defeat since Mourinho was sacked, so the Chelsea board will be feeling they made the right decision, although it still is one that divides supporters. Well, now we're in January. The transfer window is open for another month in the English Premier League, and Asan Kujabi and the Gambia says, I'd love to see Mohamed El Neni or Victor Wanyama go to Arsenal in the transfer window. Well, it looks as if El Neni could be on his way to Arsenal from FC Basel in Switzerland, but there's no news of a move from the Gunners for Southampton's Kenyan defender Victor Wanyama as yet. And finally, Ebrima from the Gambia contacted us for the first time, saying, I want to confirm that I'm a keen listener of your sports show and I would love to contribute. Thanks very much for that, Ebrima, and to everyone who got in touch with us over the past week. And we're always delighted to hear from you about any footballing story or issue. Our WhatsApp number plus 447955232780. That's plus 447955232780. And our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. And this week we're asking Are you interested in the African Nations Championship? It starts next weekend in Rwanda. Will you be following the games? Do you find it exciting? And how would you compare it to the Africa Cup of Nations as this competition is for the locally based players only? Here in Zimbabwe, there's lots of interest as the country has qualified, but what about where you are? The WhatsApp number again, plus 447955232780. Well, now to our interview with South Africa national team defender Annele Nonga, who plays in France for Troyes on a season's loan from Genk in Belgium. His name, Nonga, is very difficult to pronounce. It's spelt N G C O. 
N-G-C-A, pronounced Nonga. His club Trois are bottom of the French League One with no wins in their 19 games. They fired coach Jean-Marc Ferlan last month. Well, Oluwashina Okaleji spoke to Nonga and asked how he's found things this season. It's been a difficult season, it's true indeed. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, since now we've also fired the coach and uh, it, was, uh, it was very emotional and sad to the players when the coach left. But, uh, you know, this is football, it's part of the game, you know, people come and go, players come and go and uh, as players we just need to be focused and try to help the team as much as we can and, uh, you know, any point that we get in this league now it's a goal for us because uh, it's very important because we haven't been doing so well, you know, we've got, uh, we've been considering uh, goals like, uh, like we are giving a Christmas present. So I think uh, we, need to, we need to get focused on it and then hopefully next day if we can start, uh, we can start very well. On a personal note, you're on a season-long loan to this club. The club is struggling and order. Would you love to stay in, in the French League? I will love it, you know, I will love it because, you know, that's why I said, I said it's a, it's a good stepping stone to, to market myself and to, to show my talent, my given God talent to, to other teams, you know, maybe hopefully if the, st- the trust remains in, the, in League One, maybe hopefully we can, we can sit down and uh, see something and hopefully they will also try to bring some quality players to, to make sure that uh, they've learned from this past, this season so that uh, they can make the team strong. I, I wish so I can play in France League One. You're someone who believes so much in God. Tell me, how much does your faith play in your in your football? Yeah, look, it's a. Uh, I'm lucky enough to have a to have a family growing up in uh, in a humble home. You know, I've lost my uh, my two brothers. We were three in my in my mom. So I lost my two brothers, and uh, my mom is a big believer. And uh, there was no time that I could miss uh, Sundays not to go to church. And uh, even before the game, I've got my routine that I always take my two boots and uh, pray for them. And, uh, you know, the man above, uh, he's, he's been great. You know, he's given me opportunity coming from uh, South Africa in the poor area. And uh, he, has, uh, he has blessed me with the talent, first of all. And uh, he has humbled me and I'm still humble and uh, hungry. And, of course, I'll be working for him. And uh, he's always great. And the Almighty is unbelievable. Is there a favorite line you have in the Bible that you love? One favorite line for me, I would say, the Lord is my shepherd all the time. But what is your favorite line from the Bible? My one is like, knock, the door shall be open. Ask, you shall receive. That is my favorite. That's Anele Ngonga on his faith in Jesus and on the struggles at French Club Trois. He was speaking to Oluwashina Okaleji, who's with us on the programme this week. Uh, Shina, do you see any way that Trois can avoid relegation down at the bottom there of Ligue 1? I think it would be difficult for them. They've been condemned from day one. A lot of people don't give them a chance. I think um, Anele Ngonga from the South, Afri- the South African Bafana Bafana side has actually laid it all bare there when he said, look, it's going to be difficult for them. They are playing every game like it's a cup final. Um, when you look at the French Ligue 1, they don't really have the resources to compete with the likes of Paris Saint-Germain um, and Monaco. I mean, when you look at a team like Angis, Angis, they've come around and they are actually um, turning the table here in the French Ligue 1. But in, in Troyes, I think it's going to be difficult. They would actually produce a miracle of all miracles to actually escape relegation here in the French Ligue 1. They've been condemned to that. And um, I, I pity Anele, but then again, it's football. If you don't have the resources to actually compete in a competitive league like the French League on, I think you pay the price like Troy are going to pay now.
Yeah, it's going to be very, very difficult because uh, Trois are even nine points adrift of second from bottom to lose in the French top division. Well, finally today to the second part of our profile of Arsenal manager Arsene Wenger, who will this year mark an incredible 20 years as manager of the London club. Over the years, Wenger has worked with star African players such as Nigeria's Nwankwo Kanu and Ivorian's Kolo Toure and Emmanuel Ebue, plus Cameroon's Alex Song. Well, this week, Stuart looks at what new ideas Wenger brought to the club when he joined. Arsene Wenger became manager of Arsenal in '96. Now, at that stage, Arsenal were a top Premier League team, having won the league five years previously and also the FA Cup. But he immediately made a lot of changes. Style, ideas, methods, everything was quite different from what had gone before. Arsenal's philosophy was being revolutionised in training, on the pitch and in the dressing room. Now, let's start with diet. At that stage, lots of football teams would stop for fish and chips on the way home from an away game. Wenger changed the players' diet completely. For one thing, he banned tomato ketchup. And poor old Ian Wright, the legendary striker, complained there was broccoli with every meal. But this quick transformation into a healthy, bland, regimented diet came as a complete culture shock for the players. Training also involved a lot of stretching. Now, that's pretty normal to us now, but 20 years ago it was quite revolutionary in English football. Another change was drinking, which was very commonplace among English footballers at the time. Players would routinely go out and drink five or more pints of beer in an evening. Changing the drinking culture was perhaps the biggest element of Wenger's French Revolution. For all the changes, though, Wenger was consistently liked by his players. In a way, the paradox of Arsene Wenger is that while he has not won the league for 11 years and actually went nine years, 2005 to 2014, without winning a trophy, he is revered. You know, that's what caused the former Chelsea manager, Jose Mourinho, to talk about him being an expert in failure. Interesting perspective from Tim Payton from the Arsenal Supporters Trust, who says, If Arsene had left in 2006, I think he'd be regarded as our greatest ever manager. But the years afterwards, when he won nothing, have tarnished what he achieved in the early days. Now, Wenger's own perspective is that consistency is the key and that only two clubs in Europe have qualified for the Champions League 17 years running. But the counter-argument is that apart from reaching the final once, Arsenal have rarely made an impression on the Champions League. Another thing in his favour is that Arsenal have never spent the kind of money on players that Chelsea, Manchester City or recently Manchester United have done, and that despite working with lesser players, certainly less expensive players, Wenger has continued to defy the odds and keep Arsenal in the top four. Wenger himself says, my job is to deliver a team with the resources that I have, and I've never complained about that. I also think it's important for a club to be able to pay the players from its own resources, And I don't think that's anything to be ashamed of. Now, it's interesting also how he evaluates the trophies. He said there are five trophies that we try to win. 
The first one is the Premier League. The second is the Champions League. The third is finishing at least fourth in the Premier League in order to qualify for the Champions League. The fourth is the FA Cup and the fifth is the League Cup. Interesting that he regards qualifying for the Champions League as more important than winning the FA Cup. And his defense of that is, when I try to sign a big player, he doesn't say to me, did you win the FA Cup or the League Cup? He says, are you in the Champions League? Now, as we continue our series on Arsene Wenger, we will look at the type of person he is and what his approach to management is. And finally, I just want to say that I found John Cross's book, Arsene Wenger, published by Simon & Schuster, really interesting in getting inside the mind of Arsene Wenger. Well, thanks very much to Stuart Weir. Absolutely fascinating and part three of this profile on next week's show. Well, that's it for this week's programme, but on WhatsApp and on Facebook, do tell us if you are interested in the African Nations Championship Finals. The tournament starts next weekend in Rwanda, so will you be following the games? Do you find it exciting? And how would you compare it to the Africa Cup of Nations? This tournament is for the home-based players only. Send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two. 780 or go to our Facebook page Planet Sport Football Africa. You can always listen to the show again on our website that's planetsportfootballafrica.com and our Twitter handle is at planetsportfa. From me Steve Vickers in Harare from Oluwashina Okaleji in France who was standing in for Solomon Oshams and Stuart Weir in the UK. Thanks a lot for listening and Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.